0: listening to everyday engineering the city of madison's engineering podcast where we talk about infrastructure complex topics explained simply from the water that flows down your drain to the rain and snow that drains into the lakes by way the curbs and streets we design city engineering touches your life in so many ways explained right now in everyday engineering The city of Madison is doing watershed studies where we're combing through the city of Madison, looking at where the stormwater infrastructure system can be improved to prevent or minimize flooding and then present results of the studies to the public. There has been a need for even more clarity, so we want to take some time to dig into the results that we are presenting and what they actually mean for planning, potential construction, and really how they'll be used moving forward toward finding long-term solutions to flooding in the city. Here to unpack it all with us today is the City of Madison Engineering Division, Principal Engineer for the Stormwater Section, tasked with leading the entire Storm Section, Janet Schmidt, and Stormwater Engineer, Joja O'Brien. O'Brien. Thank you so much both of you for taking some time to explain this a little bit further because we know we've had a very um, robust public engagement through program through this whole process. So I don't wanna like skip over that and we'll talk a little bit more about it in just a bit. Um, But we did find out in that process, we need more clarity on the results. And that's what we're gonna um, kinda unpack today. So before we dig in, let's kinda lay some foundation in this process. So briefly, can you both kinda catch us up on where the watershed studies are and your involvement? Go ahead, Jana, you kick us off.
1: All right, thanks, Hannah. So we have 22 watershed studies in various states of being completed. Some are kicking off right now. We have a couple that are scheduled for the future years. So right now we have four studies that are completed. We have eight studies that are in in solution phase, Hmm. nine more studies in progress, and five that we have coming up. So quite a bit of work. Um, That covers about 70% of the city. Wow. And we hope to get these done in about the year 2026 or 2027.
0: That's a lot of work. It is a lot of work. You said the total number is, say that again? 22 studies. Oh, my gosh. And your role just so far has been just making sure that they get done. <laughs> yeah, I work, uh, I oversee the
1: section. Um, I I do the budgeting. Um, Carolyn Berger in our section actually leads all these studies. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I should say she manages the studies and we have different project leaders and project managers for, for the different study areas.
0: And that's Q Jojo.
2: Yes. So <laughs> I am one of the project managers for the study areas. Mm-hmm. Um, I also do design of stormwater projects once they are a budgeted project that we are working on. Mm -hmm. So for in general, what a watershed study is, can I, should I recap that for the people? Please, for the people. All right. So the goal of the studies is that we're trying to create computer models that can identify existing flooding issues around the city. Mm -hmm. So over the past five years, we've had some pretty big flood events that we have seen flooding city-wide. And we started to have a better idea of how comprehensive of flooding issues we had, but we don't have a good idea of how connected those flooding issues are. So when we're trying to figure out how to mitigate future flooding, having a computer model that we can kind of create a large master plan of what's flooding and why, and -hmm. then we can look at pulling different levers, moving stormwater through faster, holding stormwater back, things like that we can see how all of that is connected within the watershed. So we don't want to do something somewhere and inadvertently cause a problem in another place. And these studies allow us to be really thoughtful in our planning and come up with these conceptual solutions to give us an idea and scale of what type of solution may be needed to mitigate flooding in different parts of the city.
0: Wow. That's really interesting. If if you're listening to this, you might want to rewind and just listen to it again, too, because you explained that really well, like how how you guys are actually looking at how the water is flowing and impacting really is impactful. I mean, it's like everything, especially when we're talking about flooding and flooding isn't just like a a technical thing that happens because of a storm. I mean, it's very much a human thing. Um, It's, it impacts people. We hear it when we're out talking with people. Um, All three of us have been out, um, especially the engineers have been out in the engagement part of this is just, been tremendous and a huge credit to Janet because Janet's like, let's get out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's a really it's a it's it's really important that we are being and approaching this in a human way um, and truly understanding it. I want to talk about that engagement for just a second before we get to the results. So in this process, we have kept the community informed and welcomed through engagement through the entire process with focus groups in their neighborhoods. People have brought their dogs and their coffee to the meetings and done walk-in talks with our staff, um, in-person meetings, a little more formal. Um, we've done some of the virtual meetings, presentations. Oh, my goodness, the presentations. So many presentations and PowerPoints and informal presentations and breakout groups showing maps and really taking a moment to explain things. And then I imagine all the planning meetings internally to make sure that those presentations are understandable are like countless. I mean, there's just been so many and it makes my job really easy because I'm proud of us um, and I can share and promote. Finally, there's a presentation of results for some of these studies. So we said we have four completed. How many actual final reports have we released, Janet?
1: Um, there are two that actually made it through the approval process. We okay. have our Starkweather and Mendota, mm-hmm. excuse me, Strickers and Mendota. Strickers. And uh, the Winger West watershed. And then the Spring Harbor one, we had a, a 30-day comment period and mm-hmm. we're working through some of the feedback we got, uh, trying to address some of the questions and
0: the concerns
1: yeah and uh, that will probably be the next one to come through sure
0: and I think that that's that's the part where we really want to focus and kind of flush out today is the results so to speak or that final report when we post it and I think we got a lot of um, questions from the community thinking oh my gosh we're we're posting the final report you're going to start construction on all of these right now no Podcast episode's done. There you go. <laughs> the answer is no. <laughs> The answer is no. Because the whole purpose, and again, both of you, correct me if I'm wrong, the whole purpose of our studies is to look at everything, test everything, gather everything, and then we look at it and we find out what can actually fix the problems, and then we share the possible options. That does not mean that we're going to start digging ground tomorrow. First of all, there's a few reasons why, (laughs) like a whole city process and money and time. But um, there's just really so much that goes into the point of this episode, which is results. So after the work, compiling the data, presenting, getting feedback, presenting again, we finally present results. But the results do not mean here's the results. Let's start construction. Can you kind of talk through that a little bit? Um, And kind of what you're hearing from people, maybe, and then what actually is happening with these results and what they mean.
2: Yeah, so I think that the results can be broken up kind of into two categories. One are pipe sizes that we need to be building when we're reconstructing streets. So if you have a street reconstruction on your project and we've done a watershed study there, we can look and say, hey, we know that this pipe actually needs to be bigger. We know exactly how big it needs to be. And we know that downstream we can handle those flows because we've created this model.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: So that's one piece. People don't really have questions about that. They just wait for the reconstruction process to happen. And that's kind of its own separate world that I'm sure you've talked about. (laughs) The piece of the results that become a little bit more confusing Mm -hmm. are these more regional solutions that we come up with. And these are conceptual ideas that typically look at stormwater land and we're looking at doing some sort of reconstruction process. And what the watershed studies are telling us is what relative size and what type of project we would need to build in order to reach our goals. But what the watershed studies are showing us is a concept mm-hmm. so this is essentially all these pieces together come together to create this master plan for the watershed that allows us to be really really thoughtful with our budgeting and with how we're building infrastructure throughout the city to make sure that we're actually trying to build a more flood resilient city and that we're able to do that instead of fixing everything upstream and then finding out we made things worth da- worse downstream
0: so there's two categories and again i'm I'm understanding with not an engineer brain. Probably a lot of people listening. So what I'm hearing is if there are road reconstruction projects, we're already ripping it up. And if we can apply some of the solutions to that while the road is already ripped up, let's just get it done instead of the second part where we would have to dig for that specific project.
2: Correct. And typically in within these stormwater owned area so what we call our ponds and our greenways there is where we currently store water or we move water through there's typically parts about the way that those exist now that mm-hmm. people like and they do not like seeing any sort of change mm-hmm. and we're coming up with a conceptual outline of what change might be needed
0: mm-hmm.
2: and that isn't what will be built as we get to the point where we're building it and i'll let janet talk a little bit about um how we prioritize some of those solutions and what that looks like. And we'll kind of step through this process. So we come up with this master plan, we have these ideas of conceptual solutions. And then Janet takes it from there. <laughs> <laughs> it's hey. a very
0: complex thing, but to explain it like this is really good. So we're on we're 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 grooving now. This is good. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. So
1: so <laughs> Thank you, JoJo, for that. Um, (laughs) An epic setup there,
0: Janet. I know.
1: So, so as JoJo JoJo mentioned, these are all we were tasked, you know, with. What does it take to solve flooding? And these should be, I say this many times, but these studies should be feasibility like level studies, like. This is what it's going to take, and then based off of that, we have to make decisions. So the mm-hmm. decision could be if we're going to if we're going to um, try to uh, move a project forward. If a project, you know, isn't palatable for m- multiple reasons, it's just not constructable. Mm-hmm. So there's very there's a lot of different things that that form form the study and form the decision if we're going to move a project forward. So. Um, to move a project forward, what we have to do is we have to kind of compare the projects against other projects. So we have a lot more that are coming that we don't even, aren't even aware of just because our studies aren't fi- finished. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, we have we have a process for, for looking at cost, for feasibility of construction, um, for, you know, the public's uh, uh, desire to have these done. So there's multiple things that we look at to try and figure out um, if a project should move forward, and then then that kind of kicks into a budget cycle, which we can talk about in a little bit.
0: Yeah. So we're not just getting this final report and then it's approved. Like that's not what this is. Like the results aren't. F- they're 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 the options. They might be things though that we may not do. Or correct me if I'm wrong. I mean from how I'm understanding this, we're presenting this. This we know that there are problems. We know that these are the solutions we will act on all of them in like what in a span of what decades yeah or, I or mean does that is that accurate or am I missing it I,
1: kind of like what Jojo was saying this this is kind of a master plan so yeah. and we should be considering this as a guide so as we have opportunities to do certain things we know already what what that looks like so we don't have to go back and try to reinvent the wheel every time an opportunity comes up so we we understand how it would fit in the system we understand when we should complete it you know the timing is important with some of these projects Mm -hmm. so yeah i mean this this is nothing that we had anticipated would be done quickly we we already knew that this was going to be you know decades even up to a hundred years to get some of this stuff done some of this infrastructure you know if it's in good shape we're not going to you know come and rip it all out and redo it sure um, just for the sake of redoing it unless it makes sense and you know shows us the the benefit um, for the cost involved so there, there's a lot of different things that go into making the decisions
0: yes including money
1: money yes uh, we already anticipate that. By the time we're done with our studies, uh, the costs for these projects will be well over a billion
0: dollars. So that's uh, one. Do you hear that, everybody listening? That's over a billion dollars. People are always like, oh, well, why can't we just do it today or tomorrow or next year? No, we don't have a billion dollars just for stormwater. That'd be a dream world. But... Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, we're very we're, busy. <laughs>
2: we're,
0: yeah. Janice, like, oh boy.
2: <laughs> yeah. So we
1: usually at... Best, we typically operate on about $5 million for the flood mitigation budget per year. So we try to average that out, and and that's actually pretty high. You know, in, in the last couple of years, we've had over our five-year budget cycle about $15 million, um per, per budget cycle. So that's five-year budget cycle. Um, we asked for a little bit more this last budget request Mm-hmm. So but that's still you know you can extrapolate that out you're only working with about 5 million a year to reach up to a a billion that that's going to take a long time and some of these mm-hmm. projects are quite costly to try to try to implement at one time.
0: Um can you give I mean I know they're they're so drastically different but I mean average like a base of how much one of these projects might be to, for somebody who needs to wrap their mind around it yeah um on average
1: maybe jojo can give some examples from her her watershed but i've seen anywhere between you know a, a moderate sized project to be like a million million and a half that's a lot to, to some of our bigger ones which are you know upwards of 30 million so there's there's a wide range of of project costs
0: yeah, yeah that doesn't sounds like about get, right that gives some really good perspective doesn't it I feel like it does. I mean, I know it's your, your life. You breathe, eat, all things, storm water. <laughs> but um, I'm getting lots of smiles. Um, but I mean, it, I mean, I just think that that's something that we hear all the time. Why can't you do it now? Why can't you do it now? And don't do it now. <laughs> a mix of both. It's a mix of both. But um, I really think that gives some, I mean, these projects are expensive and there is not an unlimited pot of money And so that's, that's, that's that. Um, So we try our best. That's what it sounds like. Um, Process. Okay. I talked about process, um, what we use the results for and how we use them. So, um, yeah, you kind of talked through that, didn't you? You kind of explained it's like the master plan.
2: And I think Uh, I could add to that. Sure. When we, these studies are kind of the like step zero for how we used to do things so typically before we had these watershed studies we would come up with a project that's when folks would hear about the project we would say hey there's an issue here or this is eroding really badly or there's something we need to take care of we would come to the community and at that point we'd be at what I would call like step one of our design process for a project right and I can Mm -hmm. kind of talk through exactly what that looks like what's important to remember is that (laughs) The watershed studies are step zero, right? We're coming up with some conceptual ideas to make sure that everything, all the puzzle pieces are fitting together, and that when we decide to work on this one puzzle piece, we aren't inadvertently making something worse. So we have a plan that's zero. So we're getting people involved at step zero instead of at step one. Mm-hmm. So once Janet has budgeted <laughs> specific (laughs) projects within the five-year budget. Then those conceptual solutions from the watershed studies go from this step zero, where we've already reached out to the community and talked to them, into this step one, which is where we used to begin our projects.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: And with that, in step one, we have to gather detailed design-level data. When we're doing this watershed study process, we're using planning-level data. We're using elevation data that we gather via lidar which is like from an airplane in the sky it's much (laughs) less accurate and these wooded greenways you know like this is the whole point these are conceptual ideas that we now need to get the very detailed information to turn them into something that people can give really concrete feedback to and that we can look at the feedback that we've been given up to this point and see how we can incorporate it once we can really tell what's on the ground So we get topographic survey where we figure out the elevations of all the different pipes and the different homes all surrounding it. We get tree inventory data, so we know where all the trees are, we know their species, we know their size, we know how healthy they are. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: We get wetland delineation information if there could be wetlands there. And we take all that information and we update the computer models that the watershed studies are based on. We create more detailed design models for whether it's maybe a pond, and we're looking at water quality information, and we're adding modeling information to that, or we're looking at more detailed channel design, and we use more detailed software to do that. There's a lot of models that are built. We spent a lot of time with the computer. We do a lot of site visits, Mm -hmm. and we come up and we take all this information, we take what the watershed study is telling us, we take the feedback that we got from the community in step zero, and we turn that into something more concrete for the community to give feedback on. And from there, that kind of starts our typical engagement process that we've been doing for these projects for the past, you know,
0: however many years. years. Yes, Yes.
2: right. Um, And that involves meeting with the public, showing them concepts, getting feedback, Mm -hmm. going back, tinkering with things where we can. We're looking for co-benefits. We're trying to see where we can be helping with water quality. We're trying to see where we can come up with ecological benefits. We're trying to coordinate with other agencies to see if we can, you know, have cross interests met with these projects that we're doing Mm -hmm. um and it is a very long and detailed process um with lots of community engagement and that is what leads up to us getting to the point where we get approval from boards and commissions to put the project out to bid Mm -hmm. and then it is constructed and that's step three maybe step 30. (laughs) 30. (laughs) So um,
0: I think there was a little confusion from our community when we we shared the the final results of step zero, it sounds like. So between zero and one, there's an approval of us and a decision of we're going to do this project, it sounds like, between zero and one. So after zero and before one, it's like there's like a moment where we have to decide this is the project we need to do for this next year and that's where i think the confusion people thought step zero was that
2: yes and people also thought that we had detailed information that we could answer specific questions about the project when it was only in step zero where we don't have all the information yet to answer people's specific concerns about what the detailed design will look like because it's just not quite there yet
0: janet does that make? Are we making sense right uh, now? Yeah, totally.
1: There's there's a <laughs> lot of there's a lot of hidden steps. Um, yes, <laughs> that, yes, that occur between zero and, and one that that uh, folks don't understand that have to be kind of um, looked at really close. We have to make sure that we're making good decisions for the limited amount of money that we that we're uh, have available. Um, have to see how it fits in with all kinds of stuff, um, and then even looking. At, even further about the feasibility and if we think this project is going to actually be one that we we think is going to be viable to move forward for, you know, again, with is it is it feasible, is there public support, is there money? Yeah. <laughs> and then, then we can get to the point where we actually make a request in the budget to fund the project, and mm-hmm. then, you know, then then we can start actually working in earnest on, on a design and, and public outreach on, on what I would call a more... You know, substantial design that's that takes a lot of these questions and concerns from the public into account. Step one, then.
0: Step one.
2: Yes, this is good. Yeah, we just added step zero to all
0: of our work. It's. I mean, <laughs> you know, I don't. I, it, I'm just. We should be really proud of this because I know that when, when, when the floods happened, people were deeply impacted. Um, more than I think anyone really understands unless you've gone through a flood. Um, Personally, it's um, incredibly devastating um, on so many levels, financially, emotionally, physically. Um, And so the first thing when we mentioned that we were doing these watershed studies was, yes, City's doing something, they're looking at it. And then we went through the process and everyone's like, oh my gosh, why is this taking so long? And then now we're at a point where we are getting some, you know, we're, we're sharing what we found um, and, and what what can fix it. And then people are like, oh no. I mean, uh, maybe we weren't as clear about that part. So please share this with everybody <laughs> because I think this has been a really good explainer. um, And... I think you should be, should be happy that we are sharing these results. Um, of course we're sharing them, but be happy that there's at least a, f- a solution. And then once those solutions are decided between step zero and step one, then we'll be talking again, because then we really want people's feedback on the actual more concrete design process. Uh, I think we've talked a lot today, but I think we'll stop there unless we're missing anything. Would you have anything else you want to elaborate on that people should know about the results part when we post the final report?
1: Yeah, I would just encourage people if they have the opportunity and your your study, you know get involved. Um, you know there's a lot of opportunities to read up on the website Mm -hmm. we have public informational meetings they're recorded Mm -hmm. and and for sure we really want people's feedback because um this this helps influence what we plan to do in the future and and it's important to make sure that it's um, a good plan that people can support
0: yes Jojo anything
2: that sounds good I love when we wrap up my You know, 40 hours a week of work in 20 minutes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) If anything, step zero. Step zero is a good thing, and it's improved our work, and it will improve the lives of many. Uh, For anyone listening, if you have any more questions about this topic or anything else you'd like us to chat about, uh, click over to our City of Madison Engineering Facebook page. Also, we have so many resources on the city's flooding website, which we run um, for the whole city. It has information about the watershed studies, it has maps, it has interactive maps, it has story maps, educational materials. I mean, literally, you name it, it's there. Um, Cityofmadison.com slash flooding. As always, we are here for you as a resource every day in engineering.